Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. Your children are watching what you do and say all of the time. Therefore, you have a big responsibility, Mom, to be a good role model for your kids. And that includes modeling how to have healthy relationships. Now, I remember when I was growing up, I didn't always have the best role models for healthy relationships. Unfortunately, my parents divorced when I was in first grade. And I remember a lot more arguing than affection being shown. And my parents are both very loving, they're great people, and they've gone on to have other long-lasting relationships. But together, they had a lot of relationship problems. And watching their interactions and their struggles over the years taught me more about what not to do in my own marriage than what I actually should be doing. And it also made me realize when I became a parent just how incredibly important it is to model a healthy marriage and healthy relationships for my own children. So later in my show, I will share a few ways that my husband and I have tried to be um, role models for our children and show them what a healthy relationship looks like. And today we also have a great guest who's going to have some wonderful advice for us on how we can help our kids see what a healthy relationship is so that they can go on to have healthier and happier relationships. Today, we are going to be talking with the love doctor herself, Dr. Terry Orbach. Dr. Terry is a world-renowned world relationship expert. She's an author, a speaker, and a professor, and she's a research scientist who has actually spent almost three decades following over 300 different couples and studying relationships. She has a new video course titled How to Find Love in Seven Days, which is available on her website at drterrythelovedoctor.com. And she's been on many, many national media programs as well as in publications. And I know she's going to have some really solid good advice for us today so that we can help our kids learn what healthy relationships are and how to have them. So Dr. Terry, I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us. And you've been helping people to have better relationships and you've been studying relationships for a lot of years. And I'm curious as to what first sparked your interest in studying relationships? What was the inspiration? Well, I grew up in a very therapy-oriented household, the oldest of three children. My father's a psychiatrist, my mom is a therapist, my sister is a marriage and family therapist, and my brother's wow. in healthcare. So I grew up with all of these whys all around me, Tamara. <laughs> and it's really a family business. <laughs> it really is. Wonder how I became what I am now, right? Yes. Um, and so I was always curious about relationships. And in fact, as a child, we used to play this game as siblings, three siblings, where we would guess the relationships of people at the airports all the time. Oh, how fun. And of course, I won all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um, it was so much fun. And so I've really been interested in, you know, why people like each other, why some relationships are happy and some aren't, and why people break up. And it really came from my childhood, it, both professionally and personally. I've always been so into relationships. Well, and relationships affect us in so many different ways. They impact our lives in a myriad of ways and they're so complex. And so there's a, a lot there to um, figure out on how to have a healthy relationship. Why are healthy relationships vital to our children and to us as parents? Well, I think you said it, Tamara, that when we're in happy relationships, we feel better, both physically and psychologically. We know, and my own research has shown, as well as my personal life, that when you're happy in a relationship, you sleep better, you're more likely to exercise, you eat better, you're, you're less likely to have headaches, but you're also less anxious, less stressed, and less depressed. So that's us as parents when we're in healthy, happy relationships, but it's also true for our children. So it's so important that our children have healthy, happy relationships. And I like to say that good relationships for your children then start with you. And would you explain that? Would you tell us why you feel that good relationships for our kids start with us first as the parents? Well, I loved your story that you told at the beginning, Tamara, that, you know, children are watching their parents and they're watching their parents like a hawk. They're, they're seeing how much they show affection with one another, but also they see how they're talking to them, their parents, even the stranger when they go in the coffee shop and you bring your child, they're watching how you interact and how you talk to the person behind the counter when you order coffee or when you're in a restaurant or on an airplane. So children are watching and they're observing you as parents. So they are going to do, they're going to model what you do with other people. So if you're respectful, if you're nice, if you're talking well with other people, then they're going to model that in their own relationships. So if you have a good relationship, then your children will model that in their own relationships. And that is so true because I've seen that time and time again and with my own relatives and family members that what kids see going on in their home and then what their parents are doing, you know, with their relationships, like you said, either a marriage or with even just other people they're interacting with on a daily basis, kids internalize that and they take that and they do many of those same behaviors. And unfortunately, if it's bad behaviors or behaviors that are not healthy, that can really cause them issues in their own relationships down the line. Absolutely. Or the lack of good behavior. So it's not only bad behaviors or non-healthy behaviors, but if you're not doing something that's important to do, they will also model that. I know in my own life, um, when I first got married, I've been married 25 years. Congratulations. And my, thank you. Um, and and there have been lots of ups and downs, as with all relationships. But at the beginning of my marriage, we used to do all of our conflict or disagreements upstairs in the bedroom, Tamara. And so my kids never saw 
healthy conflict. And I'll never forget the first time it happened. We were, my husband and I were sitting and we had conflict in front of my son mm-hmm. about the um, TV remote, you know, who is, what television program we were going to watch. And my son, who was five at the time said, mom, are you and dad going to get divorced? Oh, yes. And it was the first time that we had done conflict in front of Mm. my son. And so one of the things that's so important then as a parent is that you need to do conflict in front of your children. You need to model healthy conflict because if they don't see it, then the first time that they do have a disagreement in their own relationship, they're going to think that relationship is in trouble. When conflict is normal and very common in all relationships, and it's how you do it or how you handle it that's important. And did you hear that, moms? I want you to really pay attention to this because it's so important. So many parents, and I've I've been asked this over the years, you know, uh, you know, if we argue in front of our kids, they're going to think we're getting divorced. Like Dr. Terry said, her son asked, "Are you going to get divorced because you and Daddy are fighting?" Um, but we have to show our kids that disagreements are going to happen and we have to show them how do you handle it in a healthy manner because anytime that you are living with someone in the same household no matter how much you love each other there's bound to be a disagreement or an argument at some point over something my husband and I have been married for 26 years it'll be 27 in August and we've had a good strong marriage the majority of the time but we've had our ups and downs and rough patches like Dr. Cherry said every relationship has been so i think that it's inc- incredibly important that we show our children, like Dr. Terry said, how conflict can be resolved in a healthy manner. And if we're hiding from our kids to do our arguing and they never see how to handle those disagreements and conflicts in a healthy way, then they're not going to know how to do that in their own lives. And so many parents hide out of fear because they don't want the kids to know they're fighting. And even though my parents, like I said earlier in the show, that, you know, they did a lot of arguing and fighting. I saw a lot of that. Um, and that's not real healthy either because it wasn't fighting in a healthy manner um, and being resolved in a healthy way. But it did at least show me what I don't want to do. But I, in my own life, want to show my kids what to do and how to handle. So my husband and I have had some disagreements that we didn't go hide from the kids. We just went ahead and, you know, had our disagreements because the kids were already there and and we just wanted to show them, hey, you know, maybe we disagree on this, but we can do it in a rational way without raising our voices, without accusing each other of something or throwing things or, you know, being in a um, very uh, dysfunctional type of fight. So, Dr. Terry, I love that you brought up the importance of modeling that for our kids. So what are some ways that we can show them healthy behaviors and, you know, whether it's conflict and how to deal with that or just other healthy relationship behaviors that we need to be sharing with our children and showing them? 
Well, first, I should say, Tamara, that you mentioned earlier that I've been following these same couples now for over three decades, 373 couples. Which must be fascinating. It is a wonderful study, and I love it because I get to get all this rich, wonderful data. And they're really um, just like anyone in the United States. So it's a very good group of couples Mm -hmm. that I've been following. Um, And I should say that there were 12 couples in year one of this study who said, we never fight, we never have conflict. None of those 12 couples were still together in year three. So it's okay and normal and very common to have conflict and disagreements. And as you said, Tamara, you know, how can you expect to agree on everything with your partner or spouse. Um, You come from different families and backgrounds and neighborhoods and religions. So you can't agree on everything. And how boring would it be (laughs) if you did agree on everything, right? How boring. So that is so important, I think, for listeners to get into their heads that we all do conflict. We all have disagreements. It's how we handle it, and especially in front of our children. And so, as you said with your husband, it's very important to be calm and to fight fair, not to name call. And one of the things that's so important is to show them that it's okay even to take a break from a disagreement, that you can yes. tell your partner, you know what, I'm, I'm a little upset right now. How about if we go walk around the block or I go downstairs and I get a glass of water and I'll be right back. So you don't want to do what we call stonewalling, leave without saying a word, Right. but it's okay to take a break, right? And then we know that if you do take that break, your brain waves can go back to normal and you can problem solve and you're much more likely to be pragmatic. So we know that when we're irritated and upset, it does something to our brain waves and we can't rationally do conflict. They've done these great experiments where they've irritated young kids in kindergarten who knew their math facts really well. And after that irritation and they've got emotional, they can't even remember two plus two. So it's not just us as parents and adults, Mm -hmm. but it's kids as well. We need to take a break. Also, we can't do what I call kitchen sinking. Kitchen sinking is where we bring everything up into the conversation at once. We start off with something that, you know, my spouse did yesterday. I'm so upset at what he did yesterday and then two weeks and then last year. And I'm upset when we first met that he was late (laughs) to our first date, right? That's kitchen sinking. Instead, stay with one issue at a time. And you also want to validate. That would be my last really good tip to do conflict well. Don't dismiss somebody's feelings. Validate. And our kids need to see that we validate each other's feelings. We don't have to agree with what's happening. You can say, I understand that you're upset with me right now, that I wasn't so nice to your mother last night, but here's why. Or here's what really I saw or meant. I think that's great advice because our kids need to see that we can have those conflicts and those arguments, but we can come back together and we can do them in a healthy manner so that we come to a resolution instead of some of the behaviors such as stonewalling, as you said, um, or bringing up, you know, doing the kitchen sinking, bringing up everything in the past that you're upset about instead of dealing with 
just the matter at hand. And then being able to say, okay, we, we disagreed on this, but we can come back together and we can resolve this and move on. And our, our kids need to see that and have that modeled in front of them. Or even agree to disagree too, right? Yes, sometimes, sometimes we might not, not agree at yes. the end. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, it's so hard. I know when I got married, I thought that everyone had to agree on everything, even if it was after conflict. I mean, I saw conflict with my parents and I saw them resolve conflict, but I thought incorrectly that at the end, they always agreed on everything. And so when I got married, I thought, well, we can have conflict and disagreements and do it well, but at the end, we're going to agree on all these issues. And that's not the case. No, um, not It wasn't the case with my parents, <laughs> so I was incorrect. And it's not the case with my husband and I. We don't agree on everything, whether it be parenting or whether it be about money, but we can discuss it well. And I think that's very valuable that they need to know it's okay if you don't agree with every single thing with this other person, but you can still find a way to get along and to, you know, either compromise or handle it in a healthy manner. Right. Exactly. And compromise, I think, gets a bad rap. Um, people always think compromise means that you have to give in or not be you. But there are, are really great ways to think about compromise instead. Sometimes you can do it one partner's way and then the next month, the other partner's way, or you can come into the middle and do something different or think outside the box and not do either of your ways and do something new and different. And every time I know that when a couple does something new and different, that can add a little excitement to their relationship as well. So compromise can be good. Yes, it certainly can. And kids need to know that that's okay and, and that it can make things better. So that you have to be willing to be open to what that other person, their viewpoint and where they're coming from and what they want as well as your own viewpoint and, and figure out a way to make it work out. And even say sometimes, I'm sorry, I was wrong. One of the other, I think, relationship behaviors that are so important to model is how to apologize, how to say I'm yes. sorry. And our kids need to know that we make mistakes and they're going to make mistakes, but it's in the apology. And so sometimes in front of your children, I think it's important to say, you know, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And you were right. And that's hard to do. Um, it's hard for me to do. And I'm a relationship expert, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but our kids need it's to see It's a difficult that. thing, yes, for us to be that vulnerable and to admit I was wrong. I and was I need wrong. to apologize and ask your forgiveness for this. But it's important that our kids see that. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes right along with modeling uh, respect as well for others and gratitude. And yes. with my husband, we have always said please and thank you to each other and tried to model that for our children. I know a lot of couples that um, have kind of quit asking their spouse to do something what they please or thanking them afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I think our kids need to see that just because 
you're in love and you, you know, you live together and, and you're with each other all the time, you shouldn't lose that respect and take that other person for granted. You don't, I, I never want my husband to feel like I'm just taking what you do for granted. I want you to know I appreciate it. And I think our kids need to see that. Absolutely. And after studying couples tomorrow for so long, for three decades, I know that that's so important for the happiness in relationships. But what happens, as you said, is that over time, when we've been married or with someone for so long, we begin to take them for granted. We don't notice them and see them. And we all have a biological need to be noticed and to be made to feel special and cared for. So we need to show gratitude and appreciation for others in our life, whatever relationship we're in, whether it be a romantic relationship, our parent, our child, our friends, our work colleagues. And so if that's so important to the happiness in a relationship, we need to model that for our children. And thank you is so important. Just saying, thank you for doing the dishes, you know, or thank you for being my best friend or a great father, or thank you for being you. I mean, that's so important. And, and even as I say it, I feel so warm inside, right? So the person saying it can feel good, but it's so important for the happiness of that other person that you're in a relationship with. And I know that I often don't do that enough. One of the things that happened to me was that I was analyzing all these great data and I saw that that gratitude was so essential for the happiness and the stability of these marriages over time. Mm -hmm. And it's the number one thing that keeps marriages together, how much you show appreciation or wow. frequent gratitude. So Did you hear that moms showing yes. <laughs> that gratitude is so important. And I hear moms all the time say, well, why does my husband expect to be thanked for taking out the trash or thanked for doing the dishes? He doesn't thank me for doing those things. Absolutely. I hear that model all the time it. too. Model it for I your do. children and start using that with your husband and maybe he'll turn around and start thanking you when he notices things you do. But whether he does or not, you're modeling that for your children and that's, that's so important and it, and it will improve your relationship. Absolutely. In my study, when husbands felt affirmed by their wives, that couple was two times less likely to get divorced over time. That's powerful. So it is the number one thing that's important to men. And it's also the law of reciprocity, as you said, Tamara, that when we give appreciation or affirmation, that other person is much more likely to give it in kind. Yes. And you can think of the example where you see an old friend and you say, oh my God, you look so great. Automatically, out of your mouth comes, well, you look so great too. So that's the law of reciprocity. So if you can give it and show it, it's much more likely to be gotten in kind. Yes. And you said that you were studying this and that you realized you had not been doing this in your own marriage or had yes. kind of stopped over the years. How did that change what you do in your relationship? I do it a lot more now because I called my husband as soon as I saw that finding that it's two times, a couple's two times less likely to get divorced over time. And I just I 
poured out affirmation, appreciation, you're great, you're wonderful, you're my best friend, I love you, thank you for being you. And my husband said in kind, what do you want to buy? <laughs> and so, right, exactly, right? I, and my husband's sarcastic, okay, I know that. But also what it showed me as a relationship expert that I wasn't giving it enough. Mm -hmm. And so I wake up and I say to myself, I need to say and give one affirmation each day to my husband. So I say something to him once a day and I do something for him once a day. That can be a hug or a kiss. And the doing is a hug or a kiss or a touch mm -hmm. or, um, you know, a text or a call. So there's lots of ways to show it in a behavior, but also I say it once a day. And it also shows my children that that's so important for them and their relationships as well. I mean, my, my son is 19 and my daughter's 22. Both of them are single, but I want them to see me doing it as well. Yes, because they, they need to be able to do that in their own relationships. And when they see it done, they're more likely to take that and see, hey, that, that works. And that's what I need to be doing when I have a relationship. And I think the great thing about, you know, you, you said you give an affirmation and then you also do something. It's that taking the action because sometimes depending on a person's love language, love language or the way that they receive love is not the same way that you do. And years ago, my husband and I read Gary, Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And it was very eye-opening. We were going through a rough patch in our marriage. And it really enlightened both of us. But especially me, I didn't realize that even though I was telling my husband every day, I love you, mm -hmm. and showing affection, that I wasn't speaking his love language. Because right. his love language is acts of service. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. that doing those little things, whether it's, you know, something as simple as taking out the trash so he doesn't have to or you know doing the dishes or something that shows you know i'm taking care of you and i'm doing this out of love for you whereas mine is quality time and so i want to spend time together and um we we really had not ever thought of it and looked at it in that manner before and so you can say you love somebody all day long, but if you're not showing them in the manner in which they receive love, then they may not really fully believe it or get it. Or, you know, they may think, well, you know, yeah, okay, I know you love me, but it's not, you know, I'm not receiving what I need. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things that I looked at with my couples over time is how they give affirmation and then how they want it in kind. And I found some of the very same kinds of differences between men and women that you're talking about. What I found is that men are really good at giving actions of affirmation. Yes. And they want those actions in kind, whereas women are really good at giving the phrases and the words words and the messages and they want it in kind. So I think as men and women in general, we need to really look at how our romantic partner is giving it and how we're giving it as well and have a conversation 
with your romantic partner. You know, how do you want love and how do you give me love? And Mm -hmm. talk about that because there are going to be those differences. Absolutely. And even with our own children, it, it affected how we started looking at our relationships with them and what they need in order to know that they are loved. Absolutely. You know, I wake up every single morning and I try to text both of my kids um, just some text of affirmation. And, you know, teens like texting rather than calling. (laughs) um, And both of them do not live at home. So for them, it may just be an I love you or it might be I'm thinking about you or sending you a hug, Mm -hmm. you know, on this dreary day. And so our kids need affirmation as well. We need to model it as parents, but we also need to give it to our kids. They need it too. Very much so. And when they see that, when they see us with our um, romantic partner or spouse, you know, and then when they see how we relate to them, our children, that feeds back into how they're going to treat others and how they're going to exhibit those behaviors in their own relationships. Absolutely. Dr. Terry, this has been absolutely wonderful. I've enjoyed talking with you and I've learned so much. Do you have some last words of wisdom you would like to share for the moms and and dads that are listening today? I think that the basic thing to remember is that good relationships for your children start with you. And you can be a role model and have a conversation with your children about relationships. I love that. Well, Dr. Terry, where can we find you? Where can we learn more about what you have to offer and what you're doing? Well, thank you so much. I love hearing from listeners. My website is drterrythelovedoctor.com. That's D-R-T-E-R-R-I, thelovedoctor.com. I'm also on Twitter, Dr. Terry Love Dr. And on Facebook, Dr. Terry Orbach, The Love Doctor. And so I welcome um, your listeners to come and check me out, as well as check out my new video dating course called How to Find Love in Seven Days. So if you go to my website, you can see the course on my website. Awesome. I think that's going to be so great for people who are looking for a relationship and want to have a healthy relationship. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for sharing your advice with us, and I look forward to talking with you again in the future. Sounds great. Well, moms, I want you to remember some of the things that Dr. Terry spoke about today because it's so important that we show our children what a healthy relationship looks like. So some of the things that she said we need to be doing is we need to show gratitude and respect for our spouse or our romantic partner. Um, Even if you're in a situation where you're divorced and you're just co-parenting, showing gratitude and respect goes a long way and not being negative towards that child's other parent. That can, I know that's difficult, but that can really show children that even if a relationship ends in some form, that you can still manage to have a a good working relationship in co-parenting. But showing that gratitude and respect is so important. Sharing each other's love language and finding out how 
do I need to receive love? How do I show love? What does my partner need? What do my children need? How do they receive love? And how can I show them in that manner that I love them? So I really do recommend Dr. Carrie Chapman's book. If you've never read it, The Five Love Languages, it was a tremendous help to me and to my husband years ago when we read it. And I've known many other couples. I've actually purchased the book for a few couples um, over the years. And it makes a difference to know how your partner receives love so that you can show it to them in that manner. And you need to know how to have conflict and resolve it in a healthy manner, be able to fight fair and not hide from your kids that there's a disagreement or an argument, to, but to be able to show them, okay, we don't always agree on everything, and sometimes we argue or we disagree, but here's how you resolve that. So being able to learn to fight fair and to show your kids how to do that in a healthy manner is so important instead of hiding away. Because uh, like Dr. Terry said, she said, you know, her parents would go in another room and, and fight um, away from the kids. And they thought, you know, well, their parents got along all the time. And, and I know a lot of people that, you know, they get to be teenagers, they get to be adults, and their parents get divorced, and they're just baffled because they're, oh, my parents always got along so well. They never fought. Well, as Dr. Terry said in the study that she did, in the very first year, 12 couples said, oh, they never fight, ever. And by year three, they were no longer together. So either they were delusional about never fighting, or they just never resolved any conflicts or disagreements that they had and went their separate ways. So I think we have to show our children, yes, you are going to have conflicts and disagreements with people, no matter how much you love them. I, I love my husband more than I could ever say. But I don't always agree with him. He doesn't always agree with me. And sometimes we have to disagree to or agree to disagree, like Dr. Terry said, because occasionally there's going to be things where we just don't see eye to eye on. So I think it's important. I, I wanted my children to see that just because you have a disagreement with someone doesn't mean that you've stopped loving them. It doesn't mean that we're getting divorced. Um, and here's how we resolve it. Treating each other with respect, treating each other with gratitude, honoring each other. Those things are so important for our kids to see. And again, even out and about in public, the way that we interact with people, whether we know them well or whether they're complete strangers, the way that you treat a waitress at the restaurant or a waiter, the way that you treat the people at the grocery store, the cashier who is checking you out, those behaviors modeled for our children teach them how to treat other people. And the way that you treat other people teaches people how to treat you. If you are demonstrating behaviors that are not healthy, if you're 
rude, if you are angry, if you are just not showing respect or gratitude, then you can expect the same in return because you teach people how to treat you by the way you treat them. So let's teach our kids how to have healthy, happier relationships. We want our kids to grow up to be healthy, happy adults, and we want them to be able to have happy and healthy relationships because relationships impact our entire lives in so many different ways. So I want to thank again Dr. Terry for having joined us today, for sharing her wisdom with us. I thank you for listening in, and I look forward to being back with you next week and sharing more tips and advice for keeping your kids healthier, safer, and happier. This is Tamara Walker. You've been listening to Ask Mom RN, where we give practical advice for raising a healthier, happier family. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk with you next time. Mm -hmm.